0: Now sink into the floor.
1: Wait, 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 wait. wait.
2: wait. Alright, so we're going to do something a little different today. When Keith and I originally decided to create Meanwhile in the Multiverse, we had no ambitions to work outside the normal structure of the show. The get-out is just that damn good, and unfortunately, we believe the discourse around the film only scratches the surface of what makes it a modern classic. This conversation is going to feature black and white people talking about the film. Shocker! (laughs) Uh, And we don't have many women, although we do have four men, uh, but we hope that we can get more for the next special. But we still have a very engaging, thoughtful panel, uh, able to delve creatively into cinematic and social themes. So, uh, Beyond Myself and Keith, your normal hosts... We have a playwright, producer, and director known for plays such as online fighting and a cocaine comedy that have been produced in several venues of New York City and the state of Tennessee. Please welcome Harrison Young to the show.
3: Woo! Woo!
2: Thank you. And our second guest is an accomplished writer and editor currently working at The Wrap and joining us live from LA. Please welcome Tim Malloy. Hey. (laughs) Also, we have my lovely wife, Sarah, professional wardrobe, jack-of-all-trades. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Come
1: in closer. Yeah. Hello, world.
0: There we go. All right.
2: <laughs> and, of course, we're here to talk about Get Out. So, I mean, honestly, we can just battle royale on this. But, I mean, what were y'all just initial thoughts leaving the movie? I thought it was an awful documentary. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was great man. yeah it's an incredible movie it's, it's by far the best movie I've seen this year maybe last year um, I think it just it used a lot of humor to make it's points and used hard to make it's points and was just much more successful than, than sort of seeing that seeing the, the themes are things that we talk about on Twitter all the time and see on Facebook all the time but never really see just illustrated that perfectly
0: behind so. hey, can Sarah get closer to the mic yes uh,
1: I would say that they are also things that we talk about behind closed doors um, and amongst you know people that we feel comfortable having that kind of conversation with um, but I have a lot of feels so
2: hmm. what did you think uh, when you walked out
0: you said me, Keith? Yeah, you. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I think overall I I really did like the movie and I think that it was different, especially Can you come a
2: little closer to the mic also?
0: Okay, my bad. I really did like the movie, um, overall, and I think that I liked that it um opened up like what Sarah's saying, certain conversations that people can have um regarding race. Um, Certain conversations that I think people are either um, afraid to have or they think that there's not a problem with um, race relations here in the United States um, after the 1960s in the civil rights movement. So,
2: All all that, you know, well, also there's that whole thing of Jordan Peele said he wrote this film or started writing it right after Obama uh, got his first term once we had a post-racial era. Um, so I definitely think some of those tensions are uh, what he was trying to get at with the film. And, you know, I really, one of the most fun things for me was watching how the crowd reacted. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what's, what sort of audience you guys had, but uh, we were in Franklin, Tennessee, in one of the wealthiest counties in the country, and there was a lot of ambivalence. Even <laughs> as we were watching the villains get slaughtered, it was a lot of, hmm, I don't know how I feel about this.
1: I don't know about that, Aaron. Uh, we also heard people go,
2: "Yeah, that's how we do. That's how we do." Yeah, like <laughs> the, one of the only other black people in the theater celebrating.
1: Yeah, yeah, get them, get us what we do, kick them again.
2: But, but all the white people were like, "I don't
1: know." No, the white people next to us were like, "Yeah, do yes, you do that. Get, get her. <laughs> so you get it done. That's." Yeah. I agree with this.
2: That's what we call ambivalence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: I'm not sure that that's ambivalence so much as, um, like, a hyper-projection of white guilt.
2: Well, Tim, you, you were in Hollywood watching it. How was that?
3: Yeah. Hyper-projection of white guilt is a really good way to put it, because I think I didn't want to... I didn't want to look like I was laughing too hard or like not laughing enough or like not appreciating things enough. I was definitely, I was being in an audience full of like really liberal people and a pretty mixed crowd of kind of really diverse crowd of all races. Um, I was definitely more self conscious than I would be at a normal movie about like, am I laughing at the right time at the right stuff?
2: Oh, like, so you were like that person who don't know how to clap at the ballet?
3: <laughs> I I definitely didn't want to I have a problem with movies where I laugh at stuff that you're not supposed to laugh at
1: um, even one as polarizing as Get Out oh.
4: because I really like the idea of you justifying haha they were thrown off a building haha
1: <laughs> it was more like the dude with the grenades walking up to King Kong. Spoiler! Spoiler! Sorry! Why are you spoiling a different movie? Let's come back to that. Let's come back. you have <laughs> to spoil a different movie. Well, I, hold on. Let me finish my point. He, he gets he gets hit by his tail and goes into a cliff. And he's trying to sacrifice himself to save everybody else. And instead, he dies in the most perfect, like... Mistaken death ever.
2: <laughs> That's not too big of a spoiler. That's fine. Listen, let's, let's not spoil oh. other movies. <laughs> At least new
4: stuff.
1: I won't.
4: I won't. Okay, that was cool. So, Harrison, what, what was your crowd like? Um, I went on a cheap movie night a Tuesday about five thirty. There were about twelve or fifteen people there. There, this has already been out some weeks. I saw it last week, and so there were like twelve or fifteen people. Uh, I was one of the majority of white people there. There was one person of color. I'm not quite sure specifically what, but whatever the case, uh, as we were watching the movie, people were mostly quiet outside of uh, Rodney going through the sexual acts on that one phone call that he had. Uh, People were laughing kind of then, but I found myself being the loud one throughout it, laughing at a lot of points, and you you guys are right. It's awkward to be the one laughing when nobody else is, but also like screw them—they aren't getting it. So I'm gonna enjoy it.
2: And, yeah, if you don't uh, get it, whatever. That's on you.
4: Yeah, and so I found myself by the end of the movie, like whenever the police car comes up and re- revealing that it's Ronnie. I found myself fist pumping. trying not to yell by the very end. Super stoked about it. And was I the was only not- one that saw that coming?
1: I thought I thought it was actually oh. going to be a cop that was going to come and shoot at my. Me too. Me
3: too.
0: Yeah, just like the end of um Night of the Living Dead. I don't know if you guys yeah. seen that, but that's pretty much how it ended. Where the guy survived all that by the zombies, but then the black guy gets shot by cops or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. and I I wanted to your audience. Um, what you say?
2: How was your audience?
0: You, uh, you know, I really wasn't paying that much attention to the overall audience. I was more paying attention to like my girlfriend's reactions to everything, and mm. especially when they were like at the auction and stuff. She was just so she like I, she real did thought it was a bingo game at first ah. until <laughs> so she saw that picture of him. She said, "They auctioning this motherfucker." You know what I'm saying? So she <laughs> she was really she was really getting into the movie. And, um, I, I love
1: that it was a silent auction too. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, that that so whole You mean like how they very... silently
2: do stuff to black people and like, you know, actual contemporary social settings? Oh,
0: sure. I, I, I don't think that's what she meant, but that's missing, that's pretty deep, though.
1: Silent auction, which liberals
0: love to do and go to. Hey, speaking of I love that. I to go to silent auctions. And I'm <laughs> liberal. Speaking <laughs> of um, liberals, I, I know you mentioned uh, liberals, and also Tim mentioned that the crowd that he was around were mostly liberals. Um,. In the in the movie and Get Out, the um, family and the um, I guess you could say the the white most of the white people in the movie were pretty much a more from a more liberal background. Do you think yeah. that that was intentional, or what do you guys think about that? Because like well, in most movies like that, where you have like um, a white person as the the I guess you could say antagonist, is usually like this racist southerner or neo Nazi or something like that or the KKK. But in this one, it was kind of different.
4: It was. And my thought was that it was a nice, brave choice to make because it's easy to play the type of conservative or Southern or openly racist type of racist. Uh But liberals don't always get it right either. And so going back to some of the little comments uh, going on about... Like, I thought this movie was really about showcasing microaggressions in a lot of ways, where it's not really a big enough deal in the moment when somebody grabs your arm to pick a fight right then and there, but later on you're going to tell somebody, I would imagine, be like, "They grabbed my arm, thinking they, they can feel a muscle or something." And so I thought it was a movie highlighting a lot of little things that white people who can be well meaning may not always, but mm-hmm. can be, it be upsetting people.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really creepy that they um, that that all these like young black men who they were, and also Grandma the maid. They thought that they were like, you know, definitely laudatory people who they wanted to envy, but only, only in a physical way, like only because you might have a good golf swing or because you might be a good runner or something like that, where you could see how these people thought, you hear this from a lot of white people where it's like, oh, that's my favorite singer or that's my favorite, you know, athlete or whatever. But that's not really appreciating everybody as a human on every level.
2: You know, I'd like to follow up on something with that. Um. Keith and I were having a discussion earlier about the one Asian-American man in the film. And there's a debate happening back and forth, primarily from people who um, are Asian-American and feel like Jordan Peele had a an irresponsible way that he used, uh, and I believe the guy's name is uh, Tanaka, uh, the Japanese man in the film, when he asked uh, Chris, hey, Um, you know, what is it like being a black man in America? Do you feel like you have any advantages or something like that? They felt like they were placing him in the same sort of um, kind of racist, liberal, white agenda the film is discussing. Um, Keith said that he thought that that was an Asian man. My argument is that that's actually a white guy in that Asian man's body. Oh, God! Uh. Oh well, no. I took it Excuse further. Excuse
1: me, that was my argument.
2: That's what she said later.
1: No, that
2: was my <laughs> argument first. Well, oh, that's... well uh, I,
0: I
1: definitely.
2: Okay, but here's the thing. So Keith, I I thought made a really great point. Actually, you you can you can uh, uh, articulate better than I can. Can you can you uh, discuss that a little bit more?
0: I think it was pretty much like what um what it said in that article that we read. Um, I forgot what it came from, but I think that they were also pretty much comparing um, certain Asian Americans to, like you said, the um, white liberals and their particular um, racism towards um, African American people. I don't think that he was actually a white person. I do think that he was a legit an Asian. And um and, and some of the clues that show that for one he didn't he didn't have a hat on and he didn't have any scars on top of his head and and uh. and also if we're going with the the plot that they're taking over people's bodies because of physicality. I don't think they would have choose the the little Asian guy. I mean, I, I don't know if that didn't come out right, but you know, he was an older <laughs> Asian man.
3: It's a same <laughs> <shakes>, face. It's <laughs> fine. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a picture of him, and he is like he is like a short man. He's like a little. He's not a large man. Yeah, exactly. He's not I mean, like a physical ideal, which there is like a whole stereotype and racist stereotype of people thinking Asians aren't. You know, well, but t- and, and that's what made me
2: think to bring it up, because you were talking about kind of the physical prowess that they were assuming that black people had or as an advantage over others.
1: Mm-hmm. The
2: stereotype that we have normally for Asian people is that they're smarter. Now, the one thing that the movie doesn't really delve deeply into is, okay, so even though your brain is taken out, someone goes into your body, you're actually still in that body somehow. Yeah. Now, does it? Is that a spiritual thing? Is that about a soul? We don't know. But there's nothing that says to us that if you were to take an Asian person, if you feel like some brilliant man, again, remember, Chris was one of his eyes. Maybe this man was one for his brain. You could still have his memories or his his IQ somehow. You insert yourself into his body. And now that you're not in fashion, the black people are in fashion, as they said in the film, he's considering buying Chris to take that prowess, you know, the IQ as well as the physicality.
0: But but I
1: well I, if I could just interject and say that uh, it wasn't explained in the film that they take out the frontal lobe, which is the lobe that controls you, uh, or you control yourself or whatever, mm. and they put that other person in the driver's seat, and so that person sort of becomes you. <laughs>
3: I don't know what this means. We can interpret this, but as, as one of our token white people, I uh, I forgot there was an Asian guy in the movie. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was so that I feel one.
3: Like he's almost like, maybe maybe that's like my racism, in that I like the whole model minority thing or something like that, where you supposedly don't see race with Asians. I forgot the dude was Asian. Harrison,
0: did, and you, I think did you speak the whole up on that point? at
3: all? I recognized right away that he was Asian.
4: Uh, I guess in the middle of this station, I wasn't thinking of an Asian being in the movie until it came up. I recognized in the moment that he was Asian right away. So, um, I think that's a memory thing more than a racial recognition thing
3: there. Mm -hmm. I I think for me, so much was going on at that point, and I was so confused. Like, oh my, that's kind of the point where the big reveal is coming out, what's really happening. That, the fact of there being an Asian guy there wasn't even on my radar. Yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, it's a, man. When when the thing, like I said, and the way I've said it to each of you, speaking individually about the movie, is that the subtext in the movie is the text. So for a lot of people, you're seeing things or noticing things other people might not, just because of your background or the the history you've had in different social situations. And so I'm peeping all this stuff, and I'm you know just really. Just taken aback by how funny it was. Like there was actually someone who I was listening to talk about the film, and they said when I forgot the guy's name, um, the one who is uh, the guy who's captured at the very beginning of the film that Chris yeah. realizes he knows uh, Andre is uh, whatever it's, yeah, it, I is yeah. Uh, name I'm, name I'm just gonna say yes. I don't know. Oh, I'm looking at it on IMDb now. Yes, yes, it is Andre. Um, so. When Chris puts out his his fist to bump and the guy grabs his hand, that's a red flag. And for white people, <laughs> that might not have been like a thing to be like, oh man, like that's something to be frightened." no black people were like, oh shit, something's wrong, something's really wrong. And we saw him get captured, something's off. We don't know what. Either he is a sex slave, he don't have no brain, something's off. Cause you always dap. If you don't dap, that's like a diss. Yeah. So you know, or at least you you put your hand out for a handshake. Like, hey, I don't dap, I handshake. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> grab his fist. You don't even know what's happening. It's almost it's like, it stops. like it's like the dap have been deleted from your brain.
3: Yep. that's and, like a real weird intimate gesture in a way to like grab. That just that feels real weird.
2: I've had somebody do that before too, and it's super strange. <laughs> Didn't I just walked away. I was like, you know, I hadn't seen this film. I've probably been frightened if I'd seen this film before that happened.
0: Uh, but there's yeah, a lot of red flags know. before that though. Like, uh, like like what were you like, thinking of? Like even when he was talking to um what what was the grandmother's name? The Georg- Georgetta? Uh Georgina. Georgina, okay. So it was a it was a particular conversation when he said um when he's around so many white people he feels nervous. Oh yeah. And I think that This not this doesn't apply to all black people, but I feel like a some of us can kinda relate to that in a sense and and being in white spaces sometimes, it can kinda make you nervous because you always feel like somebody looking at you or somebody making reminding you that you're black in a white space. And so in in that particular situation, how she responded to it was super weird. And you remember he was like, Oh, this bitch crazy. And because
2: you were gonna say something about that one. (laughs)
0: Because, like, she could have either said, like, I feel you on that, or she could have been like, man, you crazy, you know what I'm saying, for saying something like that. And it could have been – he said it in a joking way, but also in a way that he felt that she should be able to kind of relate to in a sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that was weird. And I mean, the, You know, speaking of which, I mean, the sunken place – I don't know. Have y'all had a chance to really kind of iron out what y'all think it
4: means? Well, no, I've read some online theories a little bit. Um, I'm more still trying to process it.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Hey,
2: I don't know, Tim, did you have anything on that? What you, you think the sunken place is supposed to represent or me?
3: It, it felt like it was just being silenced or being ignored. I, 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 for me, the scariest part about it is that I don't know if you've had a dream where like you're running as fast as you can, but you're not moving fast at all. I have that dream a lot, where like you're trying to run and you're just like it's like you're running through like quicksand or something. Yeah, the I felt like he was kind of having that, but with his voice, where he's trying to yell, he's trying to like get attention and get out, and no one hears him, and just being invisible.
2: Well, when when Rod, I thought it was really interesting seeing Rod, the TSA guy, be the person who's like, okay, you know, this is circumstantial evidence, but like. I, I really feel like I can go and explain to people, hey, this thing's happening. Um, he goes to cops, and then the cops are black, which, you know, if they were white cops, they might even take on a different subtext. But yeah. the black cops would be like, hey, <laughs> hey, guys, come listen to this. Come listen to this. <laughs> you know, and it, it's in this really odd way, almost when you talk about beyond the movie and in actual settings, um, talking about these things that you see um, as a black person, you try to point out hey, here's some social ill here and you have all this evidence to say such and then people say, well you got all these facts but that's inconsequential and it really doesn't matter to us is kind of what it feels like part of the sunken place is this denial of a certain reality despite whatever facts may be in front of you like just being completely powerless to, you know, kind of speak and, and have your, your voice really heard.
4: And it felt like there was a sense of, like, defeated location or being trapped in that way, so I could see that.
3: It, and it's, it's easier to laugh at that guy's story, to laugh at the TSA story, than to go, yeah, that makes sense, that's true.
2: I don't know, Keith, what, I don't know, Have you have you had a chance to delve into that anymore?
0: Yeah, so I, that's an interesting point that you bring up with the sunken place because I never thought about that, actually. And I, I think it's because I only seen it one time, and I know that there are certain things about the movie that kind of went over my head. But there was some type of, um, like like I agree with you that I think it was symbolic to um, people of color's voice within society, how it's like it's... <laughs> No matter, no matter how hard you try, or like you said, no matter what the evidence are in front of you, it's like your your voice is not really being heard, rather it's a per, people of color or even women within society. So I never thought of it like that, but that, I can see I can see where that um, comes from. though.
2: I had another thought, but Sarah, did you have anything to add to that? As far as
1: the sunken place, yeah. Um. Well earlier we had had a conversation with Harrison um, and I would I say earlier but it was days ago um, and I really enjoyed his uh, take on it that it's the it's the subconscious um, and that kind of touches on what Tim said um, dealing with the dream but this is sort of uh, sort of in reality, in those situations, when you when you are that person in the dream, and you a, you can't say things like you're standing in a group of people and you cannot say uh, no, it's not okay to talk about my hair, or no, it's not okay yeah. to ask me if I feel that there's you know disadvantages to being black when when i'm outnumbered completely and this is the most uncomfortable question you could ask that is kind of that defense mechanism um keeping you in check because if you're too angry or you're too adversarial or you're too contrary and i'm using two in quotation marks because um because really you don't know what's too much it's 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 based on what society thinks is too much in those contexts. Um, but if you're too much of something that's not good for society, then you—I mean, it's it's bad. It's bad, guys. Bad. Okay.
3: Yeah. So, it, it it just um, makes me think. Of, it just makes me think of. I don't know. Anytime. Anytime I've, like, asked somebody to speak for everybody, like, it's like, and I try not to do that, of course, but it's like, you just want one person's perspective, and it's like, what is that like? Just the the position you're putting them in. Well, y- y'all want me to go take it
2: a step deeper?
1: I was about to, too. Yeah. Right, check,
2: check me out. Just follow me on this journey, right? And I ain't, I ain't got the articulation down all the way, but hear me out. So, I forgot the name of the groundskeeper, the grandfather and the grandmother, like, the the bodies that are in. So, keep them in mind. So, you got the grandfather and the grandmother, and um, they've taken over the bodies of, of these people, and also um, Andrew. And we see their behaviors, you know, before we realize what's happening, uh, Andre, whatever, it doesn't matter, Andrew, Andre, um, as um, kind of... Uh, guided once we understand the plot twist they're guided and controlled by um actual white people now if you take that a step beyond the other thing is it's about memory memory for chris is what keeps him from um or what actually leads him to being hypnotized so every time the mother hits that teacup he gets hypnotized again he's paralyzed he can't move he can't do anything Similarly, if you took that outside of the film, you said, "Okay, what is the black trauma in the United States of slavery? What are certain things that are banged on? So, like, you know, whatever you think that teacup is, that teacup is sort of paralyzes black society. Now, part of that, too, isn't just a behavior of, you know, people that people are saying like, oh, this person acts a certain way, but also like, for example, this so-called gangster culture and that kind of stuff. So in that way, they're the ones who are paralyzed in the sunken place, acting in these ways that are guided and dictated by pop culture that's not even controlled
3: by black people in the first place. So when you have, I I may have jumped in before I before I processed that enough, but the thing that the thing that came to my mind is when you meet like the white guy he's like, hey, what's up, bro? Or something like, just, not that that's like a full-blown microaggression, that's just kind of a corny thing to do, mm-hmm. but the, like, reminder of you are an other, like, I don't, call, like, when they meet a white guy, do they go like, hey, bro, or do they do, like, something to signify, like, you are different than me? I feel Which like sort bro
1: of- is just not enough, because most people, there are a lot of people who say bro to each other, and it doesn't mean anything other than... Hey, dude. Hey, guy. Mm-hmm. I okay, so usually I say brother say like, or something. What the
2: dad? Yeah. My <laughs> brother. My brother or yes, like brother. young man. Or, like, look. <clears throat> this, okay. This actually happened this morning. Seriously. I forgot to pick up my pants from the dry cleaners. So I had to go get them before work. So I go to the dry cleaners. I pick them up. And as I'm walking out, it's you know, it's raining a little bit. It's like 730. I'm trying to rush out. And another black guy's coming in. Now, we live in a suburb. And there aren't a whole lot of minorities here and when i see him i'm still like in kind of okay i just saw this person who's not you know uh, a black person and you want to seem as genial as possible not aggressive all that bull so you know i said hey how are you doing and he goes what's up bro and i was like oh shit like i was supposed to like you know take that wall down for a moment and acknowledge hey you know i see you you see me it's not you know it's kind of like the head knot that you see strangers give each other little black and it's just like an acknowledgement hey you know we see each other here, I'm not ignoring you. There's a camaraderie here. We're both strangers in this place. So
0: so so, so hold on. So the other guy was black, right?
2: The other guy was black, yeah. So
0: so let me ask you this then. With that being said, how would you feel if the other guy wasn't black? Like if he was It w-
2: it wouldn't have been a big uh, deal, but right. you but you know there's a... you Nake you, you know there's a difference. No, no, no.
0: I know I know what you're saying, but I'm gonna be honest with you, I feel some type of way about that. Like Let me say, What's up, bro? Yeah, like if a, if a white like guy like said like "What's I up, said, well, brother?" me, I would feel some type of way about that. It, well, like, I mean, you know what I'm saying. It, but, but but yeah, it, same, it, it
2: depends on how I say it too. But yeah, you're right. No, nah, yeah. no, nah,
0: just in general, because I would feel like, why do you think I talk like that? Is it because I'm black? Right. Now, mind <laughs> you, I do talk like that, <laughs> but I don't want you to off off the the off the jump think that that's that's my lingo. You know?
2: And it's funny because a lot of older black people, when you do that, they feel like you shouldn't do that to them because they're. You know, they, you don't, they don't want you assuming that, which is funny.
3: There's a thing in L.A. where, like, I'm trying to learn Spanish, and I suck at Spanish. Terrible <laughs> languages. And you try all the time to practice Spanish. Any opportunity you get, you want to practice your Spanish. But the last thing you want to do is, like, you see somebody who clearly speaks Spanish and walk up and start speaking Spanish. Because that's like you're saying, I assume you don't speak English. Exactly. I'll, oh, yeah. I'll Definitely. go to Spanish. 'Cause like of course they can speak English too, or whatever, but you don't start off with Spanish. And I kind of feel like it's the same kind of condescension if I walk up and I'm like and I use bro because I'm old and I think I think bro wasn't bro was kinda more on the edge when I was like twenty. Than I think it now. Bro
0: bro is cool though. Bro goes across racial lines.
1: But Yeah, like, bro was not bruh.
0: But like yeah, bro yeah. bro is bro not bruh and bro is not brother also. You know what I mean? Yes. Or, or it's some it's something else that I've I've heard people say. You now now this this bothers me, but I know white people say that to each other. But buddy, I don't like being called buddy. Ooh, I don't
2: like. I don't, I'm not oh. a big fan of buddy.
0: But but I think that I think it might be a cultural thing too because I don't know any black people that call each other buddy.
4: Yeah. So, it's use buddy. Sometimes uh, I'll have to uh, defend Andrew's
0: it.
1: Grandma says, uh, or not grandma. Robert Andrews' nana says buddy to him.
2: Nobody knows who Robert Andrew is on this podcast. But you know, yeah. (laughs)
0: But but I think Harrison was about to say something. He was about to defend it. Um.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Get Matt Malone in this. Let's do this. Uh, I say Bud sometimes more cordially, like with Aaron, if I'm texting him or whatever. But if I'm speaking, I may say Buddy, and I don't. I didn't know that you had a thing
3: against the term. No, 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 wait, oh, wait, 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 no, look, 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 look. <laughs> Don't try yeah, to go yes, back
0: right. on it that. now.
3: So <laughs> uh, it's just the most racist thing you can do. Oh, <laughs> yeah,
0: right. yeah. sorry. No, I don't even think that it's racist. I just and don't purple. think that, I just, I, I think we're just not used to hearing it, I guess. Well, I'm saying, there, there's, a, up. there's <laughs> a potential
2: for condescension with
0: somebody you don't know using,
2: buddy. Like, you know that, that part on South Park where he's like, I'm not your buddy, pal. I'm not your pal, guy, or whatever they say.
3: I'm not your guy, friend. Yeah, all that. <laughs> well, so, the worst one, do people say boss out there? That's the single worst one. Oh, when, you go, when you go somewhere and they're like, oh, yeah, you got it, boss. Sure thing, boss. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, yeah that, that
0: is, yeah oh, the man. guy at um jason's deli I always called me boss he gotta be the only dude i know that calls me <laughs> but,
3: <laughs>
0: but yeah i think it, i guess it is a thing i don't
2: know whether to appreciate it or be mad sometime it'd be like i don't know I,
4: i'll take it yeah am oh. i gonna have to defend like every cordial way of talking to somebody? <laughs> I <have> yes said <laughs> before i say hoss here and there as well uh <laughs> I, I don't know. You're just trying to communicate with people and make them feel welcome in some way. And I, I try not to make it a racial thing. Like, oh, well, I think this time I'm going to use them because of this color of skin. I try no. not to do that. Uh, do that would
3: be Uh-oh. Yeah. Now
4: yeah, we all do that, though. Yeah, that would be Look, stressful. Yeah, if, we, if we have said that <laughs> we probably all fall guilty of it somewhere. But if I am thinking of it, I try to avoid any of that. Yeah. But yeah, I think different ratings are fine. <laughs> Sorry,
1: babe. I don't know. Um, I just wanted to say going back to when Keith was saying um, that he doesn't like when people assume that he talks some type of way that's that's in itself like is is kind of funny to me because we want to sort of take back our um, dialect and I say our because I don't speak in dialects, so, uh, but I do sometimes because um, because it's comfortable, but, uh, but it shouldn't be wrong to speak in a dialect. There are countries all over the world where you can speak in a dialect and it's not thought of in some type of way. And the only reason why it is thought of as being, you know, lower IQ or lower income Lesser status or something like that is because of the history of this country um, and because of, like, the social implications of it based on, I'm, I'm sorry, racial hierarchy. But yeah. um, I shouldn't say I'm sorry. That's the whole point of this conversation <laughs> and the whole point of my point. But the, the point I'm trying to make is we shouldn't feel bad for talking in a dialect, because it doesn't mean that we're less educated. It just is a comfortable way of speaking with each other.
2: hmm Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on when and where. I'm not... Because like you said, you don't want people just assuming that, because oftentimes speaking with a certain dialect, people assume a lot of things about your background, where you came from, whether you're this somebody who has a certain amount of uh, insecurity or inability to control yourself. I don't know, there's a lot of weird things that come with that that shouldn't be there but are.
3: Well, it's where the dad first goes wrong, right? In the movie. I, I mean, I think one thing Aaron said is that that's, you're watching. That's a very interesting point. You might be watching, white people and black people might be watching two different movies because I might miss things that you'll get. Like, I might miss things that are microaggressions that I don't even recognize as microaggressions. But the first one that I recognized where I was like, whoa. I mean, besides the cop, obviously. The first one that Bradley Coop, what's his name? Bradley? Uh, Bradley Whitford. Yeah. The first thing Bradley Whitford does is when he's like, so how long has this particular thing been going on? Yes. Like, this oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not how Chris talks. Like Chris doesn't say thing.
0: Yeah. It's like,
3: what, bro? <laughs> <laughs> and it's. And, and, like, the thing, and I don't know. The thing, I didn't
2: feel like white people were really reacting to that. And black people were like, oh, hmm, I don't know about it. <laughs> like, immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I In regards to that, in regards to we might be watching two separate movies, I did want to say it's like. It's like when a baby gets a cookie for the first time and the face it makes and it's processing those things. Um, I just, you know, sitting next to the people, like the white people next to us, um, it, it's like they were, they were uncomfortable for the first time. They had never felt like the other before in a situation. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's something that you've, sort of feel like as white men
3: did you feel yourself the other and how uncomfortable comfortable was that um I didn't feel like the other watching it in LA like with a really diverse audience um I mean I I was there with my with my Hispanic friend which is like a I guess like a race neutral thing for that particular movie like, I, I might have felt weird if I was there with, like, I would have felt weirder if I was at, like, an all-black audience with, like, another white person. Like, I, that would have felt, like, weirder somehow. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, like, I didn't feel uncomfortable at all. Like, the, the water was fine. Like, that <laughs> that felt great. I have been in cases where I definitely was the other, and I I kind of love being the other because I get to go, like... Oh, this is what it's like for some people all the time. Oh, what film was
2: that? Or, or maybe not when it wasn't even a film, but like what example of that are you thinking
3: of? Uh, there was one when I lived in Pittsburgh and I was covering a trial. Oh. It, was a tri- it was a trial and it was a, um, it was like a baby, a baby had, I think someone had drowned a baby. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was like all the members of a black church came out to this trial. And there weren't that many seats in the courtroom. I don't remember the race of the people of the defendant or anything, but I came out to this. I came out to, and I don't know if it was like the victim's family or who it was, but I came out and was trying to just find a place to sit and like write things down. And I was like, can I slide in there? And all these women kind of looked at me like, Oh, you're going to sit here? Like, Oh, look at this guy's going to like come sit, come sit with the church. Like, okay. All right. Let's see. And there was a lot of like, Hmm. Hmm. And then like, it was almost like I got a. It was super weird. It was just super weird that people like thought it was like begrudging credit for sitting there or something like that. <laughs> yeah, for like, not feeling uncomfortable. For not for not knowing that I should have felt uncomfortable, sort of. Mm. But but Pittsburgh's well, a you different. You had
1: a purpose. You had a purpose for being there. But even in That's that true. purpose,
2: there
3: are a lot of people
2: who wow doing their job will go out of their way to not
3: be seated near that group. It just felt, Pittsburgh's different. Like, Pittsburgh's a really segregated city. Yeah. Um, But, I don't know. It, it was, because if you, we all lived in New York. I mean, I don't know if Keith ever lived in New York, but everybody else lived in New York. Nah, and, never. like, everybody, like, rides the subway, everybody rides the bus, everybody goes everywhere, and it's not a thing. Like, as much as other places.
1: I don't know. I was still called uh,
3: the N-word. In Are you serious?
1: Yes, definitely. Definitely, my friend. In Burlington Co-Fractory for standing in line. What?
4: <laughs> yes. Was this whenever we got that suit for me? No,
1: no. Okay. No, I, I was there. I think I was picking up some socks. And I might have been picking up a couple of shirts for Aaron. And um, I had... I was, you know how Burlington co Factory sort of makes a tunnel to the um, to the cash register of things to buy at the last second. Well, I was looking at one or two of those things, and then I stepped back into line, and I kept letting people pass me and pass me, and everybody understood what was happening. Um, and then I stepped back into line, and this lady behind me was like, "You don't have to go back to the back of the line. You can't just cut in line." And I was like, "Lady, I was here. I was I oh, been standing here in line." I just wanted to look at these socks, and then um, I just stepped back into line, and she's like, "I'm going to call him the manager." And,
3: uh, oh God!
1: You N-word! Uh, you're acting like an N-word! You're being an N-word, uh, just like an N-word. Or, you know, too much, too much, and I was like, "All right, okay, I'm still in front of you."
3: I, I, I don't. I. Oh. <laughs> I'm to I wanna... <laughs> I want to say, just I'm not. I'm not trying to argue that there's like no racism in New York or LA. There absolutely are. Like um, I went to high York school here. The most racist city I've ever in my life. <laughs> and LA is super racist too. Like everywhere has, everywhere has their stuff. I was just the only thing I was trying to say is that through, like, I think in New York people interact more. Yeah. And like, yeah, no,
2: well, I think that's the thing. So there is an amazing amount of, um, kind of. Amalgamation. Is the word word? Amalgamation. Word? Yeah, that word. So all kinds of people from everywhere. Uh, in, in mixes that you won't see anywhere else in the country are there. And at the same time there's some like really like vicious anger there in certain pockets, which is super strange. But that's everywhere. And, you know, so it's like, well, how much do you fall in New York? I mean, there's so many people. You're bound to bump into this Well, New
1: York has its own, like, significant history of segregation. And it doesn't just, it's not just a color thing. It's also, like, an immigrant thing. And the subsect of that is, like, where you came from and things like that. And the hierarchy is driven by that history. So... Um, it's really hard to put New York into the mix when you're talking about, like, segregation and racism and things like that because New York is the most racist city I've ever lived in, but, you know, they come by it honestly.
2: But that's one of the great things about Get Out because it's not in the South, and people expect it to be in the South. Yeah. And the, fa- the thing that, that I found so striking, one of, among many other things, is that people were like, well, they weren't racist, though. It's like, okay, so here's
0: the thing. <laughs> and, and I
2: really hope people understand this out of Obama's um, presidency and what we're seeing now. Not So it's not about hating people. I mean, and in fact, this whole colorblind thing, to say that you don't see color is offensive. Primarily because as America, we celebrate diversity, or we say we do. And to recognize diversity is to recognize race that's not divisive at all and the idea that it's divisive is is kind of a teller whether you mean for it to be or not and so for those people to be like well we you know like and the guy's like i just want your eyes it's not a race thing and it's like okay sure but you only took black people or at least like that's what allison has i mean you probably see the asian guy too but Allison has a bunch of black people. And when she's sitting there eating Fruit Loops and milk, yeah. she is looking up NCAA basketball players. Hmm. Sarah has something she'd like to add.
1: Yes. I'm so glad that we finally got to this. Um, so, occasionally, I will have had, um, and I, I wish we had um, another woman, uh, preferably a white woman, with us today. We tried.
2: We really did.
1: Um but especially when I make this point, but my, my mother and, you know, a few other white women that I have, that I'm friends with and, um, or know, have made jokes like that, you know, if they ever run out of, uh, out of guys, they'll, they'll start dating, or if they get fat, they'll start dating a black guy because no matter what, a black guy <gasps> will, will be with them. She. Um, and. I think that (laughs) Allison calls, there's an excellent illustration of it, because when Allison constantly jokes with, um, with, what's his name? Chris? No, not Chris. Chris's friend. Oh,
3: yeah. Rod. 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 When she's constantly joking with
1: Rod about how, you know, he wants to be with her, and then finally... Calls to find out where Chris is and he's like, come on, tell me where he is and she's like, Oh, you really the, the real reason you called is because you that's that's a real thing. Like I feel like every time Ooh, we need a I white talk, woman out here. <laughs> because she could say, No, I don't think so, but really there's there's no one here so you can't fight it. <laughs> but, but it's, um, but it's, it seems to be very true whether, you know, uh, and it's, it's hard because at the same time, you guys are representing white people and, and one white woman would be representing all white women in this conversation, which is the meta thing that we were talking about before, is, um, the generalization of, like Chris being asked, you know, to represent all black people, but... But um, but yes, I have had experiences where there are women who believe that you know a black man will take anything, and especially a white woman, and it d- doesn't matter if she's pretty or skinny or fat or um, anything, just because she's white. And that that is a, a, not a symbol, but that is like blatant but subtle racism. Um, that happens all the time, well, let's and, I'm let's that, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that all white women do that. By right, the well, way, okay, the floor is open. All
2: right, well, Keith, you ain't said nothing in a while. I feel like you yeah.
0: might have something to add to this. <laughs> what to what Sarah just said? Or <laughs> 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 I mean, wherever you want to go. But I was thinking about what just what Sarah just said. Um, I, that that I. I would have never known any white woman thought like that. To be honest with you, that <laughs> 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 like I, did, I didn't think that that was a thing. You know, just just any white woman. You know, <laughs> just, they're was- the most no, desirable no, no, creatures. No, on earth. Any,
1: not any. I'm saying that some, uh, more, more than just a few. Because I, I've had this conversation with almost all of my friends. Not all, almost all.
2: All her friends going to be listening to this like, man, what the
4: hell? <laughs> uh, Harrison, what do what, what you think of that? Um, I, I could see perhaps some truth in that. I took it uh, in a movie that's all about race. I took that moment almost exclusively as a, as a, a gender type deal more than racial. Um, I mm. mean, I, I could see it though. Consider what all the rest of the movies dealing with. I haven't put myself in those same types of shoes. But uh, I took it more as a woman's trying to manipulate a man. So, or, Harrison, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off for just a
2: second to just ask you: If Jed Apatow decided to make Race Reverse to Get Out, do you really think that people would think that was even a little believable?
4: If you call it go in or something. <laughs> <laughs> And you get Owen Wilson to go over to (laughs) anybody's house
0: (laughs) Samuel Jackson's house.
3: Right? Oh, man. The the, the Wayans brothers are making this movie right now. It's like Scary Movie 7. Right? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I feel. I feel like the way
4: America is, the only way you're going to see like the racial reverse of that is a porno. And oh, so I don't really trust that the white people, just to be clear. yeah, I, I just don't trust Hollywood to really do that any sort of justice.
1: <laughs>
2: Hotel, attack, oh no. Hey,
4: There's enough Uncle Ruckus
2: material on Boondocks to, and not that that's like some documentary or something, but plenty of people would be like, you know what? I could get a loan if I were white.
0: But, but you, but you know what? What you know what tripped me out now? <laughs> oh, now this man! You
2: can boo this man all you want to. The stats don't lie. <laughs> I
0: was gonna, I was gonna mention um one thing that I noticed that, and it was more so certain black women talking about the movie. They was they were, their main thing was that they was thinking that um you know that it was all his fault pretty much for dating a white woman. So they they pretty much they pretty much think the whole theme of the movie is that is 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 that um it's against interracial There's you know dating and stuff in a relationship. It. But it's it's women that really do think that's the whole deal of the whole movie.
2: Okay, now bully, really, no lie though. Okay, so I tried to date white woman, real woman, some other ethnicity or nationality it's not come to me, and. Yeah, that, that was almost happening. But then, she was like, hey, look, hey Aaron, I, I like you a lot. This is, this is a special time Blah blah. lot. My daddy is not putting up with that shit, so we're going to have to stop talking forever, okay? Bye. Wow. <laughs> okay, bye. 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 <laughs> like, this is not happening. I'm sorry. We were going to have a real get-out moment before the movie even came out.
1: So, no,
2: it's now, I did want to ask y'all about, um, you know, another thing. Uh, cell phones. And the purpose they play in the film. Um, Say that again? I'm sorry. Cell phones. Cell phones. Okay. Yeah. So, the only way that we, I mean, I'm sure there may be other things that in the cinematic universe that Jordan Peele is going to continue to extend beyond Get Out. We'll see some other things that might actually affect the surgery for, what do what they call the, the, what's the name of this surgery that they take? Uh, the, not the Calypso, the Calagula?
0: Cool. Yeah, Calagula. Oh, right, yeah.
2: Agula, yeah, so maybe some other things affected, but right now we have is like a flash, maybe just a phone flash, maybe a regular flash. I don't know. But one thing that was really interesting, and I saw a YouTuber talk about, was the fact that the flash of the cell phones were used, kind of as this device to bring awareness to people in the same way that we might have seen for uh, police brutality being brought up through cell phone footage and things like that. Which is really interesting, but of course we see when Andrew's hit with it and um, Walter, the grandfather, and when he uh, shoots and kills himself and he also kills Rose, it's because of the Flash. They're able to briefly take over the uh, person who has control of their body and uh, warn Chris and save Chris. But (laughs) did did the cell phones in any way have in particular significance that that y'all notice while watching the
4: film? <laughs> I didn't think that there was a particular like, oh, here's the uh, plot with racial interactions and how phones are a part of that. I didn't get that feeling. I, I did feel the importance of a phone and the flash. And there. it's interesting to try to make that connection of how phones connect people to one another. And that's kind of what that was doing in the film, too, in its own special way. Well, uh, to... to
2: I was going to say, to bring that up, so, for example, the way I spoke about the sunken place, yeah. this was a way the cell phones briefly brought people out of the sunken place. I think that's a way, potentially, of looking at it. Oh. So, once once the truth is exposed for this brief moment when that flash hits, they're able to control themselves for just a moment so. and, and, and bring themselves out of the sunken place enough to control their bodies again. And I think that's how I was I was interpreting
0: that. Oh, I see. So it's kind of like Aristotle's allegory of the cave type of deal. Yeah, this like, hell, or, Keith. Yes. Or you saying shadows <laughs> and images? I, I mean, that's that's as deep as I go with philosophy. But <laughs> but but I do I do feel where you're coming from with that. I never made those um, connections to the cell phones because even with we talk about Black Lives Matter and police brutality and stuff like that, like it's always been a thing. You know, especially like being in, from Memphis, Tennessee, or in Mississippi and certain places like that. Like, I even remember when we were traveling to Nashville, like, there's certain places that we were not going to stop at. Just because Well, just cause no, wait You like. mean Knoxville, not Nashville. <laughs> yeah, coming through Knoxville. But,
2: but, but to be clear, between Nashville and Knoxville, if you black, for the most
4: part, you shouldn't be stopping anywhere. Yeah, the pretty much.
0: And especially and I you don't in see Cookville another black the dead center
4: of all that. And since we're being recorded, I feel the obligation to defend Cookville, but <laughs> also, I get that sometimes it's hard to. So,
2: no. like, that's carry on. technically, it's not a metropolitan area, but there's a decent look. If your population is you know, above like 10,000, it, it's probably fine.
4: Mm-hmm. Outside of that, hell no. Yeah, that's the thing. Cities it, like need to be around lots of people in uh, that kind of sense. If you get into rural town Tennessee, they're, they're like you just see the percentages of Confederate flags go up nobody
2: wants that. Yeah, yeah, okay, um cool
4: t- so. uh, I'm going to say Lord <laughs> Tim, if you come up here
2: um and yeah. you have like a few days to just hang out in the Nashville area, we yeah. should drive all the way down I forty to exit three hundred so you can see the most large Confederate flag you'll see in your whole life.
3: That's insane that is a sign.
2: Don't stop anywhere until you hit
4: Knoxville. I flip it off every day I <laughs> insane. the <laughs> same.
3: <laughs> the only place, again, no, Pittsburgh, away from it. <laughs> when I, when I lived in Pittsburgh, there were a decent number of Confederate flags, like outside of Pittsburgh, like in the, like the rural areas That's outside of it. Confederate flags? Yes. Well, cause it's sort of near West Virginia and the people there aren't doing it for like Southern pride. They're doing it. Cause like, I hate black people. Like they're in the North. <laughs> they're in the North. Like they were not on the side of the Confederacy. So they can't even go like, well, my grandfather was in the Confederacy. So, well, they could. They could. Uh, that's fair, and yeah, that's really insensitive and not progressive of you, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I backtrack on everything. Yeah, all of a but the, I always saw But it is, it is, it is amazing to me that just to go back to cell phones a little bit, it is amazing to me that I can go through any town in America pretty much, and then Michael like, who's this like city dude? But that's the worst thing I'm going to get. Yeah. You know, that's the worst. That's the and that's not bad. Like there's that's that's white privilege. Like that's a lot of just I I will never know. I will never know the experience of like don't stop in this town ever.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. yeah like if you got to pee, you better hold
3: it. <laughs> oh, <But>. and, <laughs> and so for, for me and to to an extent anybody who looks like me, it's really possible to just deny this this exists. Like mm-hmm. to go like that's nonsense, we're all colorblind now, Martin Luther King, everything's cool. Because I don't... <laughs> hey, Tim hitting the greatest hits right there. Every,
0: everything is cool.
3: <laughs> I don't firsthand see it myself, and what I think is... I, great is the wrong word, but what's important about like, the Rodney King footage, or any of the footage that circulates now, or even Twitter, Facebook, anything where people document this document, these things really happening for real is it becomes undeniable. And I, I think one thing that's great about get out is it's like, this isn't deniable. This exists and it's well, a horror movie. Yeah, so so it's, I, a,
1: it's get out is like, a, get out is like a completely separate type of racism. What I think is very interesting is that it, it brings to light, um, the, the microaggression type of racism that's not so micro it's it's sort of like between a micro and a macro there should be a midro
3: midrogressions <laughs> is <More laughs> great
2: well i think one of the things <laughs> the film talks about is liberal racism is is potentially more dangerous than i guess what's considered redneck or kind of in your face i'm saying n-word all the time kind of racism because it's very veiled it's very secretive it's it's patronizing it gets in your face like the idea like this is a very easy example betsy devoe or devos devos Mm -hmm. so she talks a lot about choosing schools and we have brown versus board of education and since that time clearly we have not had Resources allocated appropriately to schools based on um, the different classes involved. So when she talks about school of choice, she's not talking about white kids joining primarily black schools. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's these things are very veiled and they're very they're crafted in such a way where the rhetoric allows us to. Pass over what is actually a very blatant version of institutional racism. These things aren't like hidden. And people talk a lot about where I want my kid to go to the right kind of school, but that right kind of school includes a certain amount of diversity, but not too much, for example. Right. Like, and, latest, and I mean. so, you know, it's that kind of stuff. These sort of things that we, they're like normal language, they're, they're everyday behaviors. And, we don't, like, there were there were 12 people killed in Chicago in a 12-hour span not that long ago. And people shot pictures, and they told stories, and all how terrible this is. But no one's, like, really investigating, or, or not even that they're not investigating, but no one's really interested in understanding how the drugs are getting there, how the guns are getting there, what we can do to stop it. But then with this opioid epidemic, because it's involving neighborhoods beyond yep. the, the city, but beyond the urban center... People are like, hey, we gotta do things to decriminalize this and really help people and this and that, and there's not that wave of compassion when it comes to, to people who are
3: not who are, you know, non white. Absolutely. There was a I was listening to the radio today and they said the two issues Democrats and Republicans might work together on is uh, the first was like roads, okay. And the second was opioid opioid epidemic. Because now that's a white thing. Now it's like in Maine and New Hampshire and Massachusetts and everything. And now people are like, oh, these poor victims. Which is what we should have said about everybody who's addicted to anything all along. As opposed to... Criminalizing. Criminalizing it. I just want to say opium
1: has been a white thing. Like like cannabis is, is more tinted you know, it's it's colorful. And opium op- opium is, is a lot more vanilla. Uh, that is all. This
3: is a vanilla. It's a very, it's very Kurt Cobain, Elliot Smith, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Courtney Love, Courtney Love. Okay, so um, very white it's white it's a very drug, you see. It's a it's, <laughs> a it's a very Sid Vicious
2: and, and Nancy. That's true. Well, and, and another thing I was really curious about, too, getting everybody's thoughts on the grandparents. I mean, I what do you guys think of the way that they were portrayed in the film, um, what they added to it? And also, you know, I haven't watched I've only watched it one time, but uh, I thought it was really interesting. Somebody said that when you watch it a second time, pay attention to how the the mother, the wife treats the grandparents. It's kind of weird. Considering that it's not like she doesn't know who they are.
3: Oh, uh, it's like it's interesting because that's her—that's her husband's parents, right? Right. Yeah, it's really crazy. Huh.
2: Like remember uh, that beginning where Georgina, and I don't know what the what the grandmother's actual name is, but she's pouring the tea, and the mother scolds her, and she actually hits the the, the teacup. She actually hypnotizes her. It looks like.
0: Yeah, she does. She comes oh. out of the hypnotism for a second. It seems like, or goes in and out. Well, ah. Yeah, because because
1: um, the woman who's inside there, who's in the sunken place, she keeps come. She keeps fighting to get out.
0: Yeah. Um. um so
1: that's why she keeps hitting the tea glass, the tea, glo- uh, the tea uh, cup, but. The thing that I think is really interesting that you just said is um, how she treats grandparents. Um, it's very interesting. I'm wondering, do you think that's because they want the black experience?
0: No, I, I, I think uh-uh. that um I, I think I see where Aaron coming from with that. Do you think so you think they're treating them how they think that they should be treating a black person? Like they're treating them like they help that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, but, but i do not I don't, think I, doing, listen to this. I don't think they're doing it because <laughs> the, the grandparents want to feel a black experience. They doing it to hold up a certain impression in front of Chris. I don't or how so. they think wow. that, the impression they're supposed to be giving to Chris is that um they're not racist. It's their hmm. idea of not being racist you know. That is the yeah. idea not being racist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but at the same time, <laughs> they're still coming off as being racist. <laughs> yeah, but they're specifically being like,
1: overtly racist with the grandparents. Like, I I think you should go lay down. And, and how her tone changes with the help. And he, um, and the father is like, I, I know what you're thinking. You know, like, white guy with black servants. He did say that. (laughs) So they're going out of their way to try and explain it so that they're not racist. Oh, when he said, I just can't let them go. Oh my God, that's so cool. But the mom is being very awful, like, not awful, but uh, very much how she should be. (laughs) Or how, you know, not should be, of course, but like, She's being racist with her, with her help. So, um, you know, I think that's, I think that either they want the black experience or she's outright, outright racist.
2: Harrison, you haven't chimed in yet.
4: (laughs) Oh, fun spot to jump in with it. Um, (laughs) To Think about. Somebody being racist, like a white woman being racist to her white grandmother, or like perfect <laughs> time to jump in. Uh, but now black, it's a lot of players, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of players. And uh, it's interesting what you brought up with the Neapolitan, <laughs> very Neapolitan. <laughs> yes, you are now black. I can treat you as black, Ha
0: ha ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, and it might um, be a subconscious thing, too.
4: Yeah, it could be. Nice. I can see that. Just like without even tending to, like it's your mother, but even still, even the, or mother-in-law, I should say, she's family, but also she's black. And so
3: I hated that bitch anyway. I, yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> she's black and she's the help on top of that.
3: <laughs> it might be her dream. Like, I finally <laughs> get to tre- Oh, tre- I get, <laughs> shit. Tim, that's get, so brilliant. I get to treat my mother-in-law as badly as I wanted to all along. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Oh my, that's the best angle ever. <laughs> oh. It's just well,
3: like I, the husband
0: I, take it to. <laughs> but I do
3: like, I love what Sarah pointed out when the dad is like, let me just pull you aside and talk to you about our, our black servants. Like, he's like, I know this looks bad. Let me clean this up. And like the dumbest way possible. <laughs> just a way that makes it worse and worse. Like with everything he says.
2: But he did say, I, I, we just couldn't let them go. Which, I didn't catch that at first. Yeah. And and now that we're talking, I'm like, oh, snap. This movie's so cold. I gotta and watch this then, again. And
0: then you <laughs> mentioned that he voted for Obama. What's up
2: with that? To all white people listening, do not, repeat <laughs> this now, to any black person you talk to say you would've voted for Obama a third time. That means you're, you're a traitor. Okay? We don't do that anymore. Since FDR died, it's done. Okay? Don't say that again.
0: I mean, but, but I mean, that's one of those things, again, like, you assume that I voted for Barack Obama because I'm black. Oh, busted. <laughs> Man, I've <can't
1: laughs> that so many times. I voted for Barack Obama, but not because he's black, because I like his policies.
2: Maybe I voted Mitt Romney. Well, you
4: know what? Maybe I didn't vote at all. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, there, there were polls in 2012. There were, like, 96% of black people voting for Obama and 0%, like this was on ABC, 0% were voting for Mitt Romney according to those polls. So like, you could like them for any reason. But statistically, that's why white people might say that. in this. Uh, that's 1 in 24, okay?
1: Well, well yes. actually, Harrison, there are some biracial people who could be yes. uh, considered either race, I'm just saying. Even if socially, they might be considered uh, Blackie Black blackity Black,
0: very um, <laughs> <laughs> particular. <Thank> <laughs> there was there was a, a law
1: that said that you are the race of your mother. So, oh, technically, I could be white. Just oh. just throwing that out there.
3: The law is the law of Judaism. Yeah, <laughs> that was about to race Pretty is much. a religion. Now. Yeah. Um, oh
2: God. That's 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 crazy. <laughs> every place in the world um question well just out of curiosity so um and this can be the last one before we close so jordan peele mentioned that get out could be the start of an expanded universe of movies um if you had to say all right this is where the universe could go next what would y'all think it could go
1: I'm going to say that it should stay away from cliches.
2: What about white people going into black people bodies? I mean, wait a minute. I said it the other way around. Black people going into white people bodies. Like Ben Carson? <laughs> dun, dun, dun.
3: <laughs> oh. Maybe Ben Carson. He is a brain surgeon. Hold on. Oh.
2: oh, shit. I hadn't
3: even thought about that. Oh, that's good. That's
2: good stuff. Oh, it's like we wrote it already.
3: Oh. <laughs> the coagula. <laughs> I can't terrible. I I I respect Ben Carson. Men's
2: Ooh. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. I can't say that because it's super offensive and it was gonna get into sexual stuff. That's fine. <laughs> yes, I'm just gonna leave that alone and let the audience go where they may.
1: Yeah, you would. Exactly. <laughs> of course, no. I would. okay
2: all right, I think I think if they you know what, nope, nope, not
3: jumping men, to that, not men,
1: jumping to that. Men, am I right, guys? Men, Ugh, am I right? <laughs> am I right, lady? <laughs> the
3: lady, the lady knows what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> How many ladies would like one of those, huh? How many? <laughs> nope, no, none of them. Okay,
4: all right, that's my joke for today.
0: Um,
4: <laughs> I um, I, probably... I just feel like we're getting caught up on past things of what like, the next universe could be with the men women or black white yeah guys it's clearly gonna be about cyborgs and robots okay oh. robots. you gotta be thinking towards the future yeah i what
0: think it world? should be more science fiction um which this one was more sci-fi horror you i was science about maybe maybe <laughs> something um a sci-fi story dealing with gender um something about women and what i guess men think what women should do needs. with their bodies or maybe even something dealing with immigration, a sci-fi story that deals with something like that. So, I think there's a Nobody lot of different did you Christina,
2: you Aguilera did?
0: Christina Aguilera joke just yet. Christina
2: Aguilera. Dad joke, I'm a dad now. You can take my dad jokes.
0: <laughs> dad jokes are always whack though. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god, Aaron, what was that dad joke
1: that you told me yesterday? I don't know. It was uh, something like, "What is." It? What is Dog. Oh, 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 oh okay,
2: okay, okay. Totally unrelated to everything. What do you call a dog magician? <laughs> uh, anybody anybody got a guess? A Labracadabra door.
4: Why does it sound like
0: a Pokemon?
4: Stole it off the internet. A joke door.
2: Hey. I was so proud, y'all. It just was so good.
1: Oh
2: my oh, I love it. I mm-hmm. laughed for a long time. <laughs> oh my goodness! So it looked like we're not brilliant enough to come up with the next stage. Well, okay, I'm sorry. We did come up with the next stage of the Get Out universe.
3: So what? What happens to brain surgery? Oh man, I feel bad about that one. <laughs> Dang,
2: that's hype. That's hype. I, I think we need to like send us immediately to Jordan Peele. Like as soon as it's uploaded, hey man, we got the next episode. We didn't come up with it. It was Tim Malloy. He's no, I had no, to
3: do it. No, oh,
1: everybody.
4: It's gonna be your to name and headshot, Tim.
1: It's Ben Carson, brain surgeon who takes women and puts them into cyborgs' bodies.
4: That's the title. <laughs> it's gonna be like
3: Abraham Lincoln, vampire killer, but like a lot sleepier. <laughs> Cyborg like the- man the type, the title is the pitch it's like what's the title well ben carson does brain surgery to put men into women's bodies well what is it about that's that's it <laughs> i just getting my elevator pitch
2: thank you thank you men into bodies no women into men's bodies women into men's
1: bodies, bodies.
2: okay and whatever are men want to be explo- exploratory and they'll call
1: it they'll call it um, they'll call it RoboCop
2: Five. Oh snap! We're not even doing a reboot. We're just gonna keep it moving.
3: <laughs> Skip the reboot. Yeah.
1: Go. Starring Melissa McCarthy
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> as Ben
3: Carson.
2: Uh, I'll go with it. Sean Spicer, but whatever. <laughs>
1: She's not done Sean Spicer. She needs to be Ben Carson.
2: But she can just enter Sean Spicer's body. Oh,
1: wait a minute. There it is. Oh, snap. <laughs>
2: We're getting dangerously close to a real pitch.
1: I think my pitch was better. Let's think of both.
2: But it. Ugh. Fine. We'll just send it. Oh, my God. All um, those in
1: favor of. <laughs> boogity boogity. All those in favor of Aaron's pitch say
3: boo. Boo. All right? It, it's. It's an expanded universe. We can do them all.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Let's call Melissa McCarthy. Let's call Eddie Murphy to play Ben Carson. Do the whole thing? Ben Carson has to be played by... Trevor Noah? Oh. Kevin Hart?
4: Oh, man. Damn. Martin Lawrence. Probably Martin Lawrence. (laughs)
3: Just name name (laughs) him. Catwood. Tyler Perry would play it straight. Like, he would try to make it it good. Can I at least say Tyler Perry? (laughs) Can I tell my Tyler Perry story? Please do. When I worked at TV Guide, uh, we were owned by Lionsgate for a little bit. Oh, shit. And I went to – and Tyler Perry's movies are all put up by Lionsgate. So I went to this party. It wasn't like – I was, like, there as a reporter. I was, like, there to interview people. And I went up to interview Tyler Perry – and Tyler Perry goes, where are you from? And I'm like, TV guy. And he goes, oh, I own you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit! Say, so I, I own you. But he felt like saying
0: oh. that to you. And they might have.
3: Points to you, Tyler Perry.
0: Touche. <laughs> 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 Touche. To <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that oh. is... Like and that is when I felt like an other.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like. Just sink all the way. Yeah, you
3: felt like one of us at that
0: point. One of us. It, was, it was like Tyler Perry told him to sink. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it looked like Tyler Perry clinked a teacup.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like very to
1: the fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down and
2: White sucking place. You can still dig out after a few hours at least. <laughs> Oh, my God. That's so funny. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That's that's too funny.
3: Tyler Perry. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. All right.
2: That that had to be. Um, the, all right. We should close. It's not going to get better than that. Let's close it. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, thank you,
2: Tyler, everybody. For this, everybody for joining. Um, Sarah, of course. Thank you. My lovely wife. Harrison, thank you. Coming from Tennessee. My pleasure. And Tim out of Los Angeles. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Keith, anything you would like to add before we close up?
0: No, I'd like to thank all you guys for coming on the show, also, man. And and even being fans of the show, you know. Two fans.
2: We are early in, so we take all the fan that we can get. Um, and, and anybody listening, um, <laughs> you know, please like and share, review, rate, all that goodness on iTunes and other uh, platforms that we're using. Uh, we're going to be putting together real social media campaigns to get it all, th- all to the people, so uh, thank you again uh, for all your help, We and thank you Jordan Peel for making such an amazing damn movie. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So oh, cool. um we uh hope to you know get to you all soon. Episode three available soon and along with episode four we already got big plans for that. So uh meanwhile in the multiverse we're signing out and uh we'll hear from
1: y'all soon. All right, we out. Thank, Thank you. you.